Welcome to Improbable Walks, a podcast that brings you to the streets of Paris wherever you are. My name is Lisa Passold, and I'm a writer and traveler who loves to walk in the City of Light. Every episode, we step into history by strolling down a different block of the city, exploring buildings and people of the past and of the present. Let's step into history together. Today, we're walking down the small elbow-shaped Rue d'Archamp in Montmartre. We're starting at the top of the street at Rue Le Pic, just across from the Moulin de la Galette, famously painted by Renoir, who lived near here. Now, the Rue d'Archamp looks like an alleyway at this corner. The first few feet of wall space in the narrow, cobblestoned Rue are covered in street art and graffiti. The selection is ever-changing. That's the nature of street art, after all. Work gets painted over, collage, paper gradually disintegrates, and unfortunately, every now and then, someone steals the work by chipping it off the wall. But this is a tiny, free, ever-changing outdoor art gallery. Local graph stars such as Invader, Mystique, and Zelda Bamba have all created work here over the years. The narrow neck of the street is an essential space to see street artists experimenting on how to leave their mark on the city. Why here precisely? Parisian street artist Codex Urbanus says, Montmartre has the advantage of many dead ends and staircases, which don't have police patrols, so it's a lot calmer for street art. And of course, the place has a unique ambiance. I also have to point out that in the Rue d'Archamp, the landlords don't seem to paint over the work. They actually let it thrive. And that's an attitude which isn't found all over the city, but is true in many parts of the 18th where we are. If we walk a few more steps down the Rue d'Archamp, right at the elbow turn, here we find ourselves at a high wall with a plaque dedicated to the music superstar Dalida, who lived in this tasteful turn-of-the-century house from 1962 until her suicide in 1987. Dalida was Italian, born in Egypt in 1933. At age 21, she won the Miss Egypt contest and ran away to Paris. At first, she starved. But then, in 1956, her song Bambino became a big hit. She sang in French, in Italian, and in Egyptian Arabic. She mostly sang silly pop songs and flipped her hair around a lot. You can check out my website, lisapassel.com, for a link to a wonderful video of Dalida singing her classic Bambino. Her charm and playful camp stage presence really make her a delight to watch. I can understand how she became a star. She had over 70 gold records in France and was the first French singer to also get platinum and diamond discs. 
And rather like Judy Garland in America, Dalida had a very tragic life despite her success. She was such a popular star, but she endured, endured great loss. Three of her lovers killed themselves as, one, as well as one of her closest friends. Let's try that again. She was an incredible success, but drat. Let's just, yeah, back it up. Yay. Rather like Judy Garland in America, Dalida's great success was coupled with great personal tragedy. Dalida endured great loss. Three of her lovers killed themselves, as well as one of her closest friends. And finally, in 1987, she too said goodbye, cruel world, with an overdose. But she always said that this house in Montmartre made her really happy. And I love the heartfelt note on the plaque here. It reads, Dalida, her Montmartre friends will not forget her. If you're a fan, of course, you'll have already visited the nearby Place d'Alida up at Rue de Girardon and Rue de l'Abreuvoir. It's very scenic and there's a bust of Dalida there with very shiny breasts because people keep rubbing her generous poitrine for good luck. If we keep walking down Rue d'Archamps, the little street opens up a bit. On one side, there are apartment blocks, generally small flats with great views. They're crammed with artistic tenants. Over the years, I've known several writers and a filmmaker who've lived here on this block. And at number six Rue d'Archamps, there's a jewelry creator, well worth popping in. And further along on the south side of the block is a row of artist ateliers, including a pretty little house with serious rural charm. This is number five Rue d'Archamps. Tour guides sometimes claim that this house was originally part of the Swedish pavilion during the 1889 exhibition in Paris. This is not true. Perhaps, possibly, maybe, that Swedish pavilion was moved somewhere, but it wasn't moved here. However, at around the same time, the well-known Belle Epoque playwright Georges Courtline did live here in this cute little house, and he was given the Légion d'honneur in 1899, so the little house does deserve a plaque of some sort. Now we're coming to my favorite part of the Rue d'Archamps, the last section, where there are a couple of rather ramshackle atelier artist studio spaces. These are interesting if you're trying to imagine the famous Bateau Lavoir around the corner. The Bateau Lavoir is a nickname for an old building full of ateliers that became famous because of Pablo Picasso and other artists. Bateau Lavoir means wash boat. And poet Max Jacob named the studio this because it looked like the topsy-turvy bath and laundry boats floating in the Seine at the turn of the century. The Bateau Lavoir is remembered today as the birthplace of Cubism because in 1904 the young Pablo Picasso moved in here. The studio was a rabbit warren of creative energy at that time. Painter Marie-Laurencin had a studio here. Her lover, poet Apollinaire, also hung out here. And American writer Gertrude Stein would toil up the hill of Montmartre to visit. Picasso painted her portrait here. 
This is where Picasso painted his most radical painting, the Demoiselle d'Avignon. It's radical because it seems to come out of nowhere to appear as a perfect act of painterly rebellion. It's here at the Bateau Lavoir where Picasso and Georges Braque met, talked, and together invented Cubism. Georges Braque was going to be a house painter and decorator like his father, but at night as a young man he took courses at the Beaux-Arts, became friends with painters like Marie-Laurencin, and began showing work with the Fauvists. When he met Picasso, a great artistic explosion occurred. Together, these two painters invented Cubism here in this cheap part of Montmartre. Describing the years from 1908 until the beginning of World War I, Picasso said, Almost every evening, either I went to Braque's studio or Braque came to mine. Each of us had to see what the other had done during the day. We don't know what the two painters talked about exactly, but we do know what they painted, starting with the Demoiselle d'Avignon, which is so radical because of its angular, unrealistic women with faces like African masks and its strange use of perspective and its colors. Braque was one of the people that Picasso showed the Demoiselle d'Avignon to before he finally showed it to the public. And Braque's reaction was very much in paint and later in collage. The two friends began gluing real objects like newspapers to their painted canvases. And collage, along with cubism, has this immense impact on 20th century art. And it even has an impact on street art today at the top of Rue d'Archamp. Now, Picasso has relevance to Little Rue d'Archamp specifically because the Bateau Lavoir was around the corner here on Rue Ravignon. But the original Bateau Lavoir burned in 1970, and what replaces it, the new building, supposedly the same, is not at all as atmospheric as the original where Picasso painted. So when I want to dream about the creative chaos of the real Bateau Lavoir, of Picasso and Braque talking late into the night, of Marie-Laurencin and Apollinaire, or of Gertrude Stein or Max Jacob, I like to stand here in the Rue d'Archamp. I find it more atmospheric. Then I walk around the corner and down into Paris, stopping at the little Café Tabac at 1 bis Rue Ravignon for a perfect Italian-style coffee. If you still feel like wandering, you can walk back up to Rue Burke to visit a small public park, Jardin Burke, that's B-U-R-Q. Now, this little garden gives you a nice view up towards the buildings of the Rue d'Archamp, and you can see how the Bateau Lavoir used to kind of tumble down the hill into this part of the city. It's a nice secret bit of greenery in the neighborhood, far from the usual tourist routes. If you enjoyed this improbable walk, please subscribe to the podcast. For details about today's walk, please visit my website, lisapassel.com. Thank you so much for listening and for stepping into history with me. Until the next time we go strolling through Paris together.